Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Peacock streaming the biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56, the 2022 Winter Olympics, and the Peacock Original Bel Air. Plus the new movie, Marry Me, in theaters and streaming Valentine's Day. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find the Gangster Chronicles podcast on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcast. Richardson season two filming has shut down indefinitely after another positive COVID-19 diagnosis. Idris Elba is calling for social media companies to require all users to provide ID to try to prevent racist abuse. And Never Have I Ever's Maitreyi Ramakrishnan joins us to talk all things season two of the hit Netflix series. It's July 19th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So, Casey, remember how a while ago Emily Ratajkowski like was seen holding her baby, uh, yes, kind like of a like purse, a purse. Right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> kind of like a purse in those photos. Well, now she's hitting back at mom shamers, and she's making comparisons to herself and Britney Spears and how Britney was seen holding her baby back in the day and basically just saying that we should stop hating on moms and stay out of everyone's business, which is an interesting take. I mean, I don't disagree, but also I feel like you shouldn't hold your baby like that. (laughs) Yeah. And then also like, it feels kind of weird that she's tying herself to Britney Spears right now when Britney Spears is going through something wildly different. But what I will say to this is I think Emily should probably just turn her comments off. Yes, honestly. And and I mean, just like we share so much or they share so much that probably doesn't need to be shared at all. But <laughs> anyway, I want to pivot because I'm I'm personally very devastated by this news. So Bridgerton season two production has been shut down indefinitely because of COVID. For the second time in less than a week, someone on set has tested positive and filming has been paused. The first person was a crew member, but Netflix isn't saying whether the latest person is cast or crew. And speaking of COVID messing up people's plans, American tennis player Coco Goff has pulled out of the Olympics after testing positive just five days before the opening ceremony. She shared the news on Twitter over the weekend saying she's, quote, so disappointed and hopes she'll be able to compete in the future. Coco is just the latest Olympic athlete to be diagnosed with COVID. Two South African soccer players also tested positive at the Olympic Village in Tokyo, and they're both currently in isolation. Okay. One. Everyone wear masks and get vaccinated, please. Yes. <laughs> Two, uh, I don't know that. I mean, the Bridgerton thing make the Bridgerton and the Olympics. It's both these things where it's kind of just like 
okay, I know the end goal, everyone wants to make money from these things, but it's like, you might have to hit pause. You might have to do it. Yeah, it's just, I feel like things have only, quote unquote, opened up uh, for a few weeks now. And already we're seeing, you know, COVID coming back. And we're not out of the clear yet. I feel like people are forgetting that this is still very much a pandemic and we should still be wearing masks and social distancing and getting vaccinated and all of that good stuff because these are big, you know, group settings that people are trying to do stuff in. And also, again, as someone who got a non-COVID cold, I'm keeping my mask on. I don't want it again. (laughs) I'm done being sick. Oh, feel that big time. All right. So moving on, actor Idris Elba is calling for social media users to provide ID in hopes of curbing racist abuse online. So following the racist attacks against three of the UK soccer players after England lost the Euro 2020 game, Idris said on Instagram that ID verification should be mandatory for all social media users. In a post, he likened the current system to being able to board a plane without showing ID and said, quote, if cowards are being supported by a veil of privacy and secrecy, then social media is not a safe space. If cowards want to spout racial rhetoric, then say it with your name, not your username. So I actually really like this idea. I just don't know how realistic it is. Yeah, it's probably not realistic. But yeah, I like what he had mentioned. He was like, okay, he's like, well, I had to get a blue check mark. Yeah. Well, and I had to be verified and prove it was me. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, we should probably be doing that. It's kind of like on Tinder and how you also like have the option to be, you know, quote unquote verified. But it's not like, you know, verification on Twitter or Instagram sort of means like you are you know, someone in the grand scheme of things. And Tinder, it's not that. It's just that they've sort of confirmed you are who you are. So maybe it's not the same. Maybe it's not a blue check. Maybe it's, I don't know, a different color check or just something basic. Like you just have to do this to even have an account because people are hiding behind fake identities that we don't know about. And it makes it a lot easier to be horrible. It is. And you know what? If you're going to say something horrible, I want to know you said it and I want it to be recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Where are the receipts? (laughs) Okay, so by now, you've probably already binged all 10 episodes of Never Have I Ever season two on Netflix. After all, the hugely popular Netflix show has everyone from all walks of life obsessed, including myself. Created by Mindy Kaling and Lang Fisher, the teen comedy follows Indian-American teenager Davy around as she makes her way through all the highs and lows of high school life all the while offering sage teenage wisdom like this. Paxton! Guys, how can you be so sure? When you're old and on your deathbed, whose naked body do you want to be picturing? Wouldn't I be thinking about my kids and grandkids and stuff? No, that's a myth. Frankly, we're all Davy and can't help but empathize with her raw teenage angst as she makes her way through one epic high school love triangle. Maitreyi Ramakrishnan remains at the center of it all and joins us now to talk all things season two, as well as what it is about the show that has made it such a global success. Hi, Maitreyi. Hey. So first off, there's something undeniable about this show that really hits all the right spots for so many. You know, Mindy Kaling actually just shared on Instagram this weekend that it was trending number one worldwide on Netflix. When did you guys realize that the show resonated with so many people globally? I mean, like the overwhelming just like response from all corners of the world was just crazy. But 
I feel like I knew it was going to be a global hit just because it is so relatable. Like, it's talking about a lot of issues with a lot of different characters of different personalities and, you know, putting it all into this awesome, wholesome show that's both dramatic and really funny, right? So, yeah, I just don't think I expected, like, how much of a hit, you know? (laughs) Well, like you said, it is so, so relatable, all of the characters. So what can you tell us about season two and specifically Davy's journey? So season two, Davy, of course, is still like, you know, going on that adventure of figuring out how to tackle on her grief because she only started that at the end of season one, which I really like about season two because she's not just boom, done, I'm cured, yay. Like, it does, that's not how that works, right? So we're seeing how she's trying to deal with that and deal with like her anger issues and just how she's approaching problems. And I think there's a smidge of growth. Like, she's matured a little bit. She's doing things that she wouldn't have done in season one. Probably things that Davy in season one would have made fun of, you know, Davy for, you know? So I think that's really cool. No, I love that. And it's so funny. I love it. You know, there has been growth. And, you know, I watched season two and I think it's so funny at one point when Davy goes in and she basically tries to quit therapy. And I'm like, who of us hasn't <laughs> tried to quit therapy? We're like, don't worry, I'm good. You fixed me. And the Thanks. therapist's like, oh, let's sit down. Let's sit down real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what's become so important about this show is that it's a rare representation of what it's like to be an Indian American teenager. Davy goes through what all teens go through, but she does so with a very unique lens what has the reaction been like from asian teens who are part of this representation what have they had to say about the portrayal overall yeah i mean there's so much support and just you know love for the show because there's nothing really like it like there's been a lack of representation all this time and the reality is still is a lack of representation never have i ever is not the epitome of you know great representation but it is a step forward and whether it's people relating to just you know the idea of going to therapy and normalizing that or just seeing like you know reality is we don't see women especially young women get mad so openly like Davy does but then also a south asian woman a woman of color getting so openly mad in public rather than just like having a crying fit in her room alone like no she's like i'm gonna break this beaker right now screw you ben gross so there's all these different ways that people are relating to it and then of course there are some people that are like mm, i don't really relate to it like i wish i could and honestly That makes sense. How could everyone relate to it? It just further proves that we need more. Not everyone can relate to Davy. Davy is not the epitome of a South Asian woman, let alone the South Asian experience, right? So, yeah, it's been a mixed bag of, like, a bunch of different reactions, but truly mostly just love and just overwhelming support for everyone in the cast in the Sherman Oaks gang. I love to hear that. Um, All right, we'll be right back to talk more about the hit Netflix show, Never Have I Ever. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. This season, get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Let's go! See every snap from every game with full game replays. What a throw, what a catch! 
Listen to all the action as it happens with live game audio. Watch the dog, G. Leaping grab Devontae Adams. Plus, watch your team on your time with condensed game replays. Wow. Get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Maitreyi Ramakrishnan about all things season two of Never Have I Ever. So the way you landed this role is a whirlwind story of its own. I mean, you responded to a tweet, audition, and got catapulted into superstardom. How do you manage to sort of hang on and navigate through such a wild ride? I mean, has the humor and sense of fun that comes with this show and working with its creators been helpful in handling this new world of crazy stardom? Yeah, honestly, Lang Fisher and Mindy Kaling are like the best. They're Mm -hmm. such lovely bosses, but also just great people to talk to. So whenever I feel overwhelmed or I'm feeling stressed in a way that, you know, my Canadian homies from just, you know, my childhood (laughs) before all of this in ways that they wouldn't get, they're great to talk to because they understand and they're there to just give me the hard truth, which I personally love. I don't like sugarcoating anything. So they've been great supports, but also my fellow crew and my cast, they've all been lovely. And then of course, my Canadian homies, like, they're still just <laughs> treating me like how it is, you know? They're not like, oh, my God, my tree's famous now. No, it's like, yo, my tree, like, shut up. You're not. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, facts, I They keep you grounded. <laughs> they keep me humble. They keep me grounded. <laughs> so focusing on the latest season, what do you think the show and, and more specifically season two set out to achieve in terms of authentic teen representation? Were, you mentioned the anger, but were there any other themes this season that specifically resonated with you? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of themes this season, like a lot. I mean, Davy, of course, is going through her arc, right, of, you know, figuring out how to deal with the grief, right, deal with the trauma, but also, like, learn how to be a good friend, you know, to her girls, but also be a good daughter to her mother and cousin to Kamala, but then just a good person in general. Davy still isn't very comfortable with who she is and is still learning how to stand up for herself. We see at the very end of the season she does stand up, for herself and like sticks her ground after a lovely motivational speech from her father via a dream. <laughs> but then there's other themes with like the other characters for sure. For example, Paxton, you know, figuring out like, okay, I want to be more, I want to prove people wrong. I want to be more than just what people think I am because I know I'm capable of more. So I'm going to just prove people wrong and be my own person with Fabiola. Honestly, probably my favorite plot arc for this season. It's all about figuring out, okay, sure, I'm out now, yay, I'm gay, but, like, what does that mean? Mm. I'm not just suddenly confident. And so many times we see gay characters just come out, and it's like, woo, they're so happy. But it's like, no, sometimes it's still really confusing. So Fabiola's arc, like, that's so relatable. That's so relatable. And I thought that was also really nice. So, I mean, you mentioned this just now, but, like, the show is ultimately about Davy trying to figure out what and and who she likes. But a big part of the show's narrative revolves around the Davy Paxton Ben love triangle, which is one of the reasons I mainly watch. I'm so here for it. 
I'm not even going to lie. So without giving any spoilers away for our listeners who haven't watched all 10 episodes yet, where does the show go from here? I mean, what else do you want to see of Davy's journey? Man, without any spoilers, this is going to sound like the most dysfunctional thing. This is going to sound so dysfunctional. I want to see how Davy, given the ending and where she fits within the people in her life and how she might have something new to experience for the first time properly, I think it'd be really cool to see her in that situation of the last lines that she says in the end. Like she, she, she says the question that we're all thinking and she says, I wonder how that's going to be. That B, which I will not say, I also wonder, how is that going to be, baby? There you go. That's without spoilers. I think I nailed that. I well, I need you to know that that is the best vague answer I've ever heard. Yep. For anyone who hasn't watched yet, they're going to now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just to know what you were saying. Everyone listening is just like, no, this makes no sense. This show is too dysfunctional. This makes no sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip. Listen, the best kind of dysfunction. It, it, I need you to know that it is my mother's favorite show. She constantly <laughs> asks me. She goes, she's like, Casey, when's that show coming back? I like, and I go, never have I ever. <laughs> nice. She's nice. like that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so great. Thank you. Thank you. It was really fun. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, please wear masks and get vaccinated. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. 56 what grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.